Before we begin this episode, the Texas Veterinary Medical Association wants to thank you for listening. We made this podcast for our members, as well as non-member veterinary professionals in Texas. And now it looks like we have listeners from Canada, Australia, the UK, and other countries outside of the U.S., We are so excited that Veterinary Vitals is appealing to veterinary professionals and possibly the pet-owning public far and wide. We wanted to tell you that we will begin releasing episodes every two weeks instead of every week as we really get into the groove of producing our new podcast. We hope you'll continue to show your support by subscribing, rating the show, and writing a review. It really makes a difference. Now on to this week's episode. When we uh, do the things that we do, we're representing all veterinarians in Texas, whether they're members or not. From the Texas Veterinary Medical Association in Austin, Texas, this is Veterinary Vitals, a show that features open and honest conversations with veterinary professionals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein, Media Coordinator for TVMA. When you're a member of the Texas Veterinary Medical Association, you have the opportunity to take on a leadership role. That could mean being on the board of directors, joining a task force, serving as a committee chair, or even being on the executive committee. The executive committee is the administrative body of the association and consists of four council chairs, treasurer, chairman of the board, immediate past president, president-elect, and president. TVMA's 2019-2020 president is Dr. Rick Wall, and his tenure is concluding in about a week. I thought I'd bring him on the show before he steps down so he could share what he's been up to this past year. But first, I want to give you a little bit of background on Dr. Wall. He was the first veterinarian in Texas to open a canine physical rehabilitation clinic and is now considered one of the leading experts in the disciplines of pain management, rehabilitation, and sports medicine. He is the owner of two clinics, the Center for Veterinary Pain Management and Rehabilitation and the Animal Clinics of the Woodlands, which is very close to Houston. That's what he does full-time. What he and I discussed was what he and his colleagues worked on during his presidency, beginning with TVMA stance on a potential new veterinary school in Amarillo, Texas Tech University School of Veterinary Medicine. Now, it's important to know that Texas A&M University College of Veterinary Medicine and College Station has been the only veterinary school in Texas since its founding in 1916. So building a second veterinary school is a big deal, given that the only one has been around for more than a century. Originally, TVMA took a neutral stance on the building of the new veterinary school. But at the 2019 TVMA Annual Conference in Frisco, Texas, the association's position shifted, and the board of directors chose to support the second veterinary school. Here's Dr. Rick Wall. It was an amazing process in Frisco. Uh, Our board was extremely engaged. They spent time discussing this amongst themselves. Many of our board of directors spent time talking to their constituents out in their districts to get their opinions on things. So ultimately what came out of Frisco was a decision to support the legislative endeavors of Texas Tech School of Veterinary Medicine, as well as supporting Texas A&M College of Veterinary Medicine, and to support the loan repayment program. 
And um, that went over very, very well in Lubbock and in Amarillo. Uh, Texas legislators were very excited that TVMA endorsed, uh, or those legislators that were supporting Texas Tech were very excited that TVMA endorsed the program up there. The chancellor, the president of Texas Tech University, Dr. Lonergan, all the people involved in that program, the community were very excited about the fact that TVMA endorsed, supported the the School of Veterinary Medicine. Uh, Unfortunately, it it, it upset some at A&M, at the College of Veterinary Medicine. And so that, that definitely, throughout 2019, it affected our relationship with with Texas A&M. It will come back. TVMA will always have an important role uh, at the veterinary school at Texas A&M. Of course, I'm an Aggie and I want that. Yeah. But TVMA serves all Texas veterinarians, whether they're members or not. Looking back on this, even though I initially was very pro College of Veterinary Medicine, I can't imagine today had our board not made the decision that they did to support both schools. Dr. Wall and TVMA Chairman of the Board, Dr. Steve Gola, were invited to attend the groundbreaking ceremony on September 19, 2019. It celebrated the beginning of construction of the Texas Tech University School of Veterinary Medicine. The school anticipates opening in the fall of 2021. He and Dr. Gola RSVP'd and traveled to Amarillo. We were treated like royalty the whole time we were there. I, I don't, I, I didn't really realize just how important and how much of a community effort had gone in to the, the, the Texas Tech initiative to develop a school of veterinary medicine in Amarillo. They put together a coalition of people in the chamber, in businesses, and they raised $90 million. They had a whole, I think, 15 or 16 different chambers of commerces in the Panhandle of West Texas regions that were involved in this coalition of raising money. And when you put that into perspective, you have a large community of people that want to do something to try to better the veterinary profession in Texas. That's pretty important. But I, and, and I guess that really sunk in when I was in Amarillo for the groundbreaking. Got to meet a lot of people. Everybody that we met said thank you. I've tried to let people on the board of directors know the importance of their decision. Uh, the executive committee, we, we've tried to let them know the importance of their decisions and all that. And so uh, I think we're going to look back on... 2018, 2019, and in the legislative session, all that, I think we're going to look back and we're going to say that the decision to support the development of a school of veterinary medicine at, at Texas Tech, which will be in Amarillo, was probably one of the most important decisions the TVMA Board of Directors has ever made. Even though it caused us a little heartache on one end, that, that, will, that will get resolved. So I'm, I'm very, very excited about the future of TVMA and the relationship we'll have with both veterinary schools. Okay. 
And why would you say it was so important? What, what was the need for the second veterinary school in Texas? We have several hundred veterinarians moving into our state every year, getting licensed in Texas for the first time. Uh, there's definitely a need for veterinarians in Texas, especially in those rural areas, which is an area that the School of Veterinary Medicine at Texas Tech really wants to try to address. And I've, I've had the opportunity to visit with Chancellor Ted Mitchell at Texas Tech and the president of Texas Tech University, Dr. Lawrence Chauvinek, and the, and the dean of the School of Veterinary Medicine, uh, Dr. Guy Lonard. And I think they're genuinely well, I know they're genuinely concerned, and I think they understand there's a need in the rural areas of veterinary, uh, to supply veterinarians, general practitioners in those areas. And I know that's the goal of the school. It, it, it will be years before we know whether their program will be successful in doing that. A&M has the same desire, and they've tried to put together programs to do, to do that, but so there is a need in certain areas of Texas. There's even in the urban and suburban areas, we, we need practicing veterinarians to come in and take uh, place. But I, you know, when you look at the fact that there is so much agricultural business in the Amarillo region, um, and you look at the number of cattle and, and other livestock and dairies and all that that are in that region. And you look at the possibility of having a school of veterinary medicine at Texas Tech. And you also look at the possibility of the program that Dr. Dan Posey's working on with the Serving Every Texan Every Day and the Vero program at West Texas A&M, which is in Canyon, just, just a little bit outside of Amarillo. Dr. Dan Posey is a past TVMA president who works at the Texas A&M Veterinary Medical Center. To support the Serving Every Texan Every Day initiative that Dr. Wall just mentioned, Dr. Posey increases the pipeline of students from the Panhandle to the veterinary school and college station and encourages veterinary graduates to work in rural areas like Amarillo and Canyon. That area could really become a true epicenter for, for veterinary medicine and um, food animal, veterinary medicine, all kinds of production and all that could be a, 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 just a, a true epicenter for really not only the country, but the world. And you, you can just imagine the research. So I think it was time. It was time to have another school of veterinary medicine in Texas. The College of Veterinary Medicine continues to increase its size. Uh, they have beautiful facilities. And I think we're gonna see that increase um, even in the future, they're talking, I think they're at 162, uh, will be coming into this incoming class uh, with the idea of maybe one day going to 200 students. Remember exactly how many are going to start out at Texas Tech uh, in their first year. So it was time. It, I, I, think it, I think it will be a good thing. Like I said, will, will they make a difference as far as providing general practitioners or mixed practitioners or food animal practitioners that will stay in those panhandle and West Texas regions. We won't know probably for eight to 10 years, whether their program works. I know in visiting with them, they want to go about the selection of students a little bit different than, than what A&M is doing. 
but we'll see. We'll see what happens with their program. Um, but I'm excited about uh, because of because of this year. I'm excited about veterinary medicine in Texas, even though I'm at the tail end of my career rather than the beginning. And how do you envision TVMA partnering with the Texas Tech School of Veterinary Medicine? Well, we've always taken pride in the fact that we've developed a really strong relationship uh, with the veterinary students at the College of Veterinary Medicine. And as you, as the minute they're accepted into veterinary school and become students, they're automatic members of TVMA. And, you know, for, for a number of years, I want to say around 10 years or so, we had our annual meeting every year in College Station. And the reason that we was to, to make that relationship with the students even stronger. And, um, you know, we, we've, we've changed where we have our annual meetings now. We kind of rebranded that, and that's been a good thing, too, because we're going to different parts of the state, and that meeting is, and our annual meeting is, has grown tremendously uh, because of moving around different parts of the state. But the students at Texas Tech will become members of TVMA immediately as well, and we'll, we'll be involved, hopefully, uh, at whatever role the school would allow, but I suspect we'll follow so, a similar path of uh, involvement in their different functions and uh, working with them, sponsoring different things, uh, providing students with things. Uh, I know, I, I suspect that our, our Texas Veterinary Medical Foundation will follow in line with that. You know, they the Texas Veterinary Medical Foundation gives the uh, students stethoscopes every year. I suspect they'll probably do a similar program. It, looking back on this whole, the board had our board of directors decided upon something different than they did to not support Texas Tech. Had the executive committee, and there were people that wanted us both inside TBMA and outside TBMA. There were people that wanted the executive committee to change the decision of the board of directors. And, and that was something that I was not going to allow to happen at all. The, if the board wants to, if the board votes a certain way, whether I agree or not, the board of directors has to be the governing body of, T, of TVMA. So when I look at the decision that they made, what they, in essence, said is the TVMA supports veterinary medicine in Texas. Had we not done that, I, I have no question in my mind there would have been another VMA started probably in the Panhandle, West Texas region by, the veterinary, by a number of the veterinarians up there because we would not have been re representing all of the veterinarians. Yeah, and that's one of the most important things about TVMA is representing all veterinarians and protecting the profession. So it makes sense. Yeah, and 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 you know, as I mentioned, you know, we represent Dina. We 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 represent when we go to Austin and meet with legislators. When we uh, do the things that we do, we're representing all veterinarians in Texas, whether they're members or not. Because the things that come out of legislative efforts 
and, and we can talk about that in a little bit this past legislative session, but the things that come out are the results of those things that affect veterinary medicine. The, the, sometimes the decisions of, the, of our board of veterinary medical examiners, they affect all veterinarians, not just members of TBMA. So we're representing all the veterinarians in Texas when we go, uh, which is one of the reasons, and we'll talk in a minute about our membership drive that we're working on right now. The membership drive that Dr. Wall just mentioned involves members of the executive committee traveling across the state to talk with veterinarians who are non-members about what TVMA does and how the association can help them. Since October 2019, the executive committee has visited West Laco, Waco, Abilene, and Wichita Falls. Lubbock was on the itinerary for February 5th, but they had to cancel due to poor weather. At the meetings, they encourage attendees to continue to spread the message to recruit more members. I think the, mo- the most critical thing facing TBMA right now is membership. We need more members. And so it's kind of a grassroots thing. We call it, somehow or another, it got nicknamed the TBMA Roadshow. I can't remember who came up with that name, but it kind of stuck. Um, and I know Dr. Bruker, who will become president at our annual meeting in February, uh, will continue this. So if a member lives in one of those areas that's going to, there's going to be a meeting there, what do you recommend they do to recruit non-members to also attend? Pick up the phone and call. You know, personal contact is probably the best way to encourage somebody to do something or go visit them. There's nothing replaces that personal contact, that personal phone call, that, that, that stop by, that let's go have lunch. If TVMA comes to your neck of the woods for one of these meetings, bring a colleague who is a non-member. Just reach out. And if you're curious about the early discussions the executive committee had regarding this membership drive, here's a peek into that. I think it's, it's good to hear some of the stories of the inner workings of the executive committee. When we were talking about, we began talking about having these meetings and Dr. Waffle, uh, who's never a loss for words, uh, offered to put one together in Waco and, and, and she did a wonderful job of doing that. Dr. Tamara Walthall is the council chair for professional advancement and soon to be chairman of the board. She wanted to invite spouses. And I personally didn't think that was the great idea. I, you know, I wanted veterinarians. I thought that, you know, we, TVMA sponsoring this, um, but, you know, let's just have veterinarians there, not spouses. It's not a, it's not a party that, you know, we're trying to get this message across. Well, she was pretty adamant about inviting spouses to the extent that their local VMA actually paid, I believe, for their spouses to come. After the meeting, we received information that a veterinar- one of the young veterinarians there um, had brought her spouse. This, her spouse encouraged her to become a member. They had always talked about you know, the, the, the cost of becoming a member of TVMA and, you know, could they afford to do that and all that. But that meeting changed the spouse's mind. The, not, the non-veterinarian spouse encouraged the veterinarian now to become a member of TVMA and they would find the monies to pay for it. 
I think it was personal contact on the part of Dr. Walfel and Dr. Emerson that got that individual to come to the meeting to begin with. Dr. Wall just mentioned Dr. Ray Emerson. Dr. Emerson serves on the board of directors as the North Central Texas District Director. And it was, and it was also Dr. Walfel being adamant that spouses get to come. Um, when, you know, like I said, it wasn't something I initially agreed upon, but you know, you never get too old to learn. So. Yeah. I, I like how she went with her gut and was adamant about it. Well, if you know Dr. Walfel, she gets pretty adamant about a lot of things and that's a good trait. Yeah. Probably means she's passionate. She has a lot of passion. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just had a, a, one more question about the meeting. Um, so like, what is one of the meetings like? Like someone gets there, what can they expect when they arrive? So it's, it's like a lot of veterinary meetings. We, they're going to be a little bit of fellowship in the beginning where we kind of, for us, we're meeting people. Um, we generally know, those of us from TVMA generally know a lot of people in the area that we're going to, but I don't know everybody. Uh, it's always nice to, to see classmates and things like that as I did in both McAllen and, and, and uh, Wake. So we're going we're gonna to have some fellowship. Then we're going to get a meeting started. We've got a short presentation that we do. In the presentation, they talk about TVMA's role in advocacy during legislative sessions in Austin. Something that advocacy really is all year long now, our relationships with legislators and the hard work that our lobbyist Royce Poinsett and our head of government relations, Elizabeth Schott, does. We, we try to educate them a little bit on that. We educate them about this, what we did this past legislative session. You know, we, we had a lot of success in dealing with controlled substances and getting actually to help write the language into statute regarding how veterinarians have to participate, uh, or well, we don't have to participate in the prescription drug monitoring program, but we, we were able to kind of implement a controlled substances program that, that for veterinarians specifically, I think that will really help um, uh, in in the in the area of control substances. Uh, and then, you know, we let them know a little bit about the leadership uh, and the structure of, of TVMA. Um, but it's 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 mainly just to put a face with an organization, mm-hmm. and it'll and hopefully let them see the passion that we have. Um, right now it's, you know, Dr. Uh, in, in Waco, Dr. Brooker and I, we, we kind of share that role of, of presenting that presentation and Dr. Walthall was involved as well, but we want to, we want, I want people to see the passion that we have and why we're interested in organized veterinary medicine, well, how we think it helps our profession. Um, you know, if you, if you're not coming to meetings, if you're not a member of TVMA, uh, you just have you, you just have no idea of what actually goes on uh, and all the inner workings and all the things that TVMA is involved in that are trying to help and support the profession of veterinary medicine in Texas. And that's the that's what we want to get across: the importance of being a member. One reason why it's important to be a member of the association is it strengthens TVMA's political influence. Just look at our legislative efforts during the 86th legislative session in 2019. The big things I think coming out of the legislative session were the controlled substances um, 
in 2017, we were able to dig our heels in and just resist becoming part of the prescription drug monitoring program. That would have created an undue, uh, oh, it, 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 would, it would have been difficult for many, many practices had we been forced into the prescription drug monitoring program to comply with the demands of that program. Prescription drug monitoring programs are built for human health care. They're built to try to control um, diversion and abuse, mainly of opioids. And so it allows these programs, allow physicians and other human health care providers to search records of their patients and determine if they could or should prescribe uh, controlled substances uh, to them or to see if they're maybe going to other physicians getting prescriptions, controlled substances, that program just would not have worked in veterinary medicine. So one of the senators that was one of our biggest opponents in the 2017 legislative uh, session, trying to get us into PMP, which we ultimately uh, were able to stay out of it, when we told him about our control substances strategy, he actually allowed Elizabeth to help rewrite the language for that bill. We also had some uh, support amongst uh, in the House side too. And so we implemented a control substances strategy into law. Now it's in statute where we don't participate in the prescription drug monitoring program from the standpoint we don't have to report controlled substances that we dispense. We don't have to search records of our patients, which would be, that is a whole other discussion and difficulty. But yet we still have some controls uh, that I think will help our board of examiners uh, do some um, case-based searches and, and investigations and things like that. They'll have information to look into uh, situations where maybe maybe a veterinarian is violating something or doing something wrong from the controlled substances. So I think, I think it was, that was a big win for, for, for TVMA to, to, to help get that through. It was a big win for veterinarians. The other thing that we got a, further along than we ever have was trying to get peace officer status for our board of uh, veterinary medical examiners, uh, inspect or inspectors or investigators. Um, for years now, in the border regions of Texas, our colleagues have had to deal with the illegal practice of veterinary medicine by non-licensed individuals crossing the border from Mexico and practicing veterinary medicine in the United States to the extent that now that some of them actually have brick and mortar clinics in the United States. Hmm. Our board of examiners the only power that they really have is to send a cease and desist letter to tell them to quit. Since these individuals aren't licensed, they just tear the letter up and keep on going on and practicing. It's a misdemeanor to practice veterinary medicine without a license in Texas. <clears throat> and since our 
board of examiners are not peace officers, they can't go out and arrest these individuals. They have to get law enforcement agencies in these regions to go out and do that. And as you probably know, with all the other issues on the border regions of Texas, the law enforcement agencies have all they can handle and curtailing the illegal practice of veterinary medicine is very low priority to them. This has been a problem going on. And I think this was the fifth or sixth session, legislative session, where TVMA had supported legislation that would make peace off or make peace officer status or give peace officer status to our board of examiner investigator, most of which were peace officers before they came to the board of examiners. Um, we got this, this session. We thought we had it. We got it through the house, through the Senate, but right at the last minute was vetoed by governor Abbott. And we're still unclear as to exactly why he did that. We had, you know, we can only speculate, but we thought we had it. And so we're already talking about preparation to do this again in 2021. We need to help our colleagues out uh, down on the border regions. This is something they deal with every day. Every day they're dealing with situations of animals that receive less than standard of care uh, from these unlicensed individuals. Uh, and of course, the other thing that that peace officer status would do would be to allow them to communicate directly with other law enforcement agencies when they're doing their investigations, and that would be a that that would be very important. So we thought we had that. Yeah, there were other issues. There were other issues that came up um, during the legislative session that I think we uh, TVMA did really good in some of the hormonal use of hormones and and uh, in deer and cattle came up and, and with uh, Elizabeth Shope being on top of things and also the fact that we've got three veterinarians uh, that are in the house of uh, in the Texas house that really helped on those issues. Um, we, we, I think there's two more veterinarians actually running for election this coming uh, November so we have the potential to have five veterinarians in the house. And so I think overall it was success. We were just disappointed right at the last minute. And so our preparation for the legislative session in 2021 really has already begun. And uh, we're preparing, trying to anticipate what may come up during that session. We're preparing on things that we know will come up. We're also getting prepared for the Sunset Commission, which will be looking at our Board of Veterinary Medical Examiners again. Um, they just went through that process in 2016, so they're going to be going through it again. And so, we're since advocacy, I think, is probably the most important thing we do at TVMA. We're we're continually trying to sharpen the way we do that and become very very proactive. And we're very fortunate to have Elizabeth and uh, Royce to help us do that. That was Dr. Rick Wall, TVMA's 2019-2020 president. From our conversation, you can probably tell he worked on a lot this past year, from pushing forward with the board's decision on approving the new veterinary school in Amarillo, 
to launching the TVMA Roadshow membership drive. In about one week, he'll step down and Dr. John Bruker will be installed as the 2020-2021 TVMA president. On the next episode of Veterinary Vitals, you'll hear from two female leaders in organized veterinary medicine. They tackle the subject of why it is that the profession is female-dominated now, but leadership in organized veterinary medicine doesn't reflect that. It's important that we ask women. Sometimes women want to do it, Mm -hmm. but they're not sure if they'd be welcome. That's Dr. Lori Teller, a former TVMA president. She and Dr. Nancy Turner were on the very first episode of the podcast. They talked about redefining success in veterinary medicine. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it now. It's a really great one. On this upcoming episode, they offer advice on how we can recruit more female veterinarians to apply for leadership roles. That episode will come out in two weeks. In the meantime, please rate the show, write a review, and subscribe. Thank you for tuning in to Veterinary Vitals. I'm your host, Dina Goldstein from TVMA. Thank you.